First day of opening, 6 a.m., me and Lola in there, like nervous as all hell. First customer rocks up and we're like, we're thinking we're going to serve our friends and like people on the way to the gym in the morning. First customer walks in the door and I'm like, oh God, here we go. He was like, you're stereotypical Aussie bogan, like in a bin tank shirt, just cruising the streets. And he's like, God, you guys are up early. I'm like, oh yeah, it's our first day of opening actually. We're so excited. And he's like, oh, cool. I'll, have, I'll grab a cappuccino then. And we were like, yeah, uh, I'm at the cash register. Lol's in the kitchen. I'm like, uh, would you like coconut, almond or soy milk? And he's like, uh, real milk? And I'm like, uh, uh, we're actually a plant-based cafe. And um, uh, I was just like, oh God, lol, you should have listened to me. We should have had dairy milk. And lol just jumps back from the kitchen. She's like, hi, sir. Let me make you a fresh coconut cappuccino. If you don't like it, you don't pay for it. And I was like, okay, here we go. Test number one took him out the coffee sat outside and I was watching him from the window like oh my god is he spitting it out like does he like it or not he finished it and as he finished it he came inside and he goes geez love that was all right guess I guess I better bloody pay for it then and I was like oh and from that moment the first customer that walked through our doors all doubt of it succeeding as a or not succeeding as a vegan cafe was gone I was like if we can win this guy over he's like the absolute non-vegan vegan you can think of. If he can be happy, then we can make anyone happy. So from that point, it was, um, yeah, no more doubt about that. So I'm glad I listened to LOL. Hello again, Veggie Mates. Welcome back to the show. Stoked to have you here, whether this be your 32nd time or your first time tuning in. Uh, so thank you. I really do appreciate it. You just heard from our guests, uh, the first ones from the island of Bali, Indonesia. They are Lauren and Corinne, also known as Lol and Coz. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is the Veg Talk Podcast, a platform where I aim to bring you guests who are inspiring people, not scared of deep conversation, and are leading this plant-based and vegan movement that is happening around the globe. A quick update on Anna and I. Uh, we have left Bali and flew into Manila, the Philippines, at about 4 a.m. this morning, Apparently, as we travel to the islands of Sibuyan, Romblon, and Tablas starting tomorrow, solid internet connection uh, is a bit harder to find, and they certainly don't have the same variety of amazing vegan restaurants uh, as we experienced in Bali. So we're ready for possibly a diet of bananas, peanut butter, rice, other fruits and vegetables to keep us going for the next couple of weeks. Now, because of the potential lack of internet, I will do my very best to have episodes ready for you throughout the journey, but I'd love your help. If you can pick an episode, uh, any episode that you've loved, it would be amazing if you can take a screenshot or share the link on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, tagging VegTalk, that's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K, or any other platform that's out there that you use. That would be greatly appreciated. It's really going to help bring new people to the conversation, learn from the amazing guests we have on the show and help to grow this community. A big thanks to those who have already shared the show and left reviews and ratings. It really is appreciated and your support does not go unnoticed. Now, to this week's show. We had an amazing morning at the girls' first restaurant, Kind Cafe. Awesome food, a beautiful spot to Uh, to be in and you've likely seen on the Instagram at some point the pink wall with the green leaves. Um, It was also a great chance to get to know one another before doing the podcast. Not long after we got a motorbike ride from 
the cafe to Corinne's villa and we set up for this conversation. I have no doubt you will feel it over the next hour and a bit, but these two bounce off each other so well and it shows in what they've created. Their mission is to spread kindness through food, get people eating more vegetables and certainly to give back, which you'll hear about later on in the episode. They have a second not-for-profit cafe called Give in Changu, Bali. This quote on the wall at the restaurant sums these ladies up really well. When you have more than you need, build a longer table and not a higher fence. Let's get into it, guys. I hope you enjoy the show. And as always, I'll recap with you on the other side. Sick. Cool. <laughs> and, and you don't have to look directly into the camera. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah don't worry good. about that. Good to know. <laughs> um, cool. All right, guys. We are here today. First podcast in Bali. We're psyched to be here. Just had our first motorbike ride as well. Um, <laughs> thanks to the guys from the Kind Cafe, the Kind Community yeah. here in Bali. So we're with, we're with Lauren and Corinne. Uh, it's awesome to have you guys on the show. We had some, uh, some followers of the pod recommend that we reach out to you. Really? You were on oh, our radar before. <laughs> I've got to admit, you were definitely on our radar before. But um, yeah, it's cool to see the, the interest in both of you and uh, the business that you've, uh, that you've created. Thank you so much. We're stoked to be here. And yeah, as you said, this is um, it's actually our very first podcast ever. So <laughs> excuse if we're a little bit novice in this industry, but we'll do our best. We've all got to start somewhere. I'm, yeah. I'm sure you guys will nail it. So as, to begin, I'd love to hear a little bit about both your backgrounds. Um, you know, being two Aussies growing up in Australia um, and now having, a, you know, a thriving business or businesses in in bali is pretty cool but yeah let's go back let's uh let's hear what Take it was it back a yeah bit. hear what it was like okay I'll get you to start all right <laughs> um yeah so i'm actually from a small little town in new south wales australia it's called jerringong um a couple of hours south of sydney um my mother's balinese my dad's australian um i grew up did all of my school throughout australia but moved to bali about 10 years ago um I have been in working hospitality my whole life. I have a love for, pa- uh, sorry, I have a passion for food, a passion for people and hospitality has just always been the game that I've sort of worked in and the game I played. Um, I opened my first cafe when I was 19 years old here in Bali. It was a sandwich and juice bar called Switch. Um, once that ended, me and my business partner, we broke up. Actually, my boyfriend at the time, uh, I moved on to, I was going to move back to Australia. I was, had been in Bali for a few years, thought I wanted to live back in Australia. Um, but then, yeah, one of my girlfriends called me up. Uh, she was opening a cafe here in Bali and she asked me to come and help her work on that cafe. And then now it's pretty much brought me back to Bali. I've been here for now 10 years and love love every single day so yeah i've been um uh i've been vegan would you like to hear about my vegan story i'd love to hear a little bit more about um about you know that journey that you just spoke about so having opened up a cafe with your boyfriend you're a little younger um i suppose what was that experience like in terms of you know the menu you were putting out uh what you learnt from that first business uh, and then what happened at Peloton 
What was your role there? How did how did that come about? Cool, cool. So um, my very first cafe, I remember um, switch. I actually approached my dad, and I'm like, Dad, we've got this piece of land. We really want to open a cafe, but I've never opened like you know. I've only ever worked in hospitality before. Like I don't know how to open a cafe. Like, and my dad, he's always been really supportive of me and my dreams. And he's like, Lol, if you really want to do it, you'll figure out how to do it. He's like. I'll lend you the money and then whenever you guys start making the money back from the business, you can pay me back. So he's like, go fly back to Bali tomorrow and start like buy your first juicer. He's like, start buying equipment. He's like, that's way, that way once you're starting to buy the equipment, you're already putting like stuff in motion. He's like, once you've, once you've started, there's just going to be no stopping you. So basically we had the land given to us and the money given to us, we're like, okay, it's been served to us on a silver platter. All we need to do now is just do it. So um, I, we, we worked on it slowly. I made the menu there. At that stage, I was only vegetarian. Um, I had been vegetarian for about six years uh, due to my older sister, Tanya. She read a book called Skinny Bitch, <laughs> um, which basically just showed us, the gave us a little bit of the detail on the animal agriculture industry and the process of what happens before animals are served to us on our plates. Um, and she came to me one day and she's like, lol, um, we got to stop eating meat. Like it's, Gabby, do you know what happens before a pig gets, uh, before a pig gets killed, blah, blah, blah. I was like, at that, at that time I was like, nah, like Tan, I'm not really into it. Like you do your thing. Like you, um, I support whatever you do. But then she gave me the book. She's like, please just read it and see what you think. So I read the book and I also had the same realisations as her and realised it wasn't an industry I wanted to support. So that turned me vegetarian. Um, when we opened Switch, we were still serving meat on the menu. My boyfriend was very meat. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was very, um, you know, had to have meat in all of his meals. And at, at that stage of my life, I wasn't so passionate about the whole veganism vegetarian thing as I am now so we opened switch it was a great success I did the menu there it was quite simple though it was maybe about 10 sandwiches and a few a few juices and smoothies um, but same thing didn't know how to create a menu it was like I've never I've never been a chef whatsoever I've I love food and I think my passion for food has really enabled me to to create and to yeah, make recipes that, that people enjoy, fortunately. So um, I did, so after doing Switch, it gave me a little bit of like, it, it gave me a bit of confidence. I was like, okay, like we just opened Switch. It's been a massive success. Once I left that, um, it, we, we, we left on great terms. And I was like, in deep down in my mind, I was like, I'm going to have my own cafe one day. Like I know I'll let go of this one. Like, and then that's when, um, yeah, so bringing it back to when Maddie, my best friend who owns Peloton, she called me and I was living in Australia at the time and she wanted to open a cafe and she's like, Lowell, can you come help us open the cafe? And at that stage in my life, I had gone from being vegetarian to vegan and I was like, babe, like I'd love to help you out, but um, I'm actually vegan now and like I can't work in a restaurant that serves meat or I can't create menus that create recipes that have meat in them um, and originally they had the intention of Peloton being like a conscious cafe serving like organic meats and 
Um, but I don't think at that stage I had ever thought of it to be a vegan restaurant. And I sent her through the same, you know, the typical documentaries that a lot of us have watched. <laughs> and um, she, her and her boyfriend watched them all overnight. And then the next morning they called me and they're like, lol, um, we're going to do a vegan restaurant. We're vegan now. And when can you get over here? That's about like the most successful story you could right? possibly hear, right? Like, and just like yeah. so quickly, I was like, wait, are you sure? Like, <laughs> wait, do you, sh- you want to like think about that again? Like, I was like, surely it can't be that easy. Usually it's a bit of a process, you know, <laughs> yeah. like usually they ask questions and, but she's, they're both really open-minded people and yeah, they didn't want to support that industry. So at that stage, once they said they wanted it to be a vegan cafe, I was like, oh my God, like, what have I gotten myself into? Like I had only done a like a, a menu for Switch. Like doing a completely vegan menu was out of my league. Like I didn't even really know how to cook rice at that stage or cook lentils. Like I don't, I didn't even really know. Like you know, I was only newly vegan myself, so just like getting used to how to cook vegan food. But um, yeah, I accepted the offer. Same thing. I just remember dad in the back of my mind going, lol, you'll figure it out. Like, just do it. Like, you're passionate about it. And um, so I ended up flying to Bali pretty much the next month, packed up my life in Australia. And yeah, we made a vegan menu at Peloton, which has now been, yeah, a huge success. Peloton's an amazing restaurant and they serving vegan plant, 100% plant-based food. And um, so once that finished up, uh, I th- it then led me to consulting for other restaurants and adding vegan options to their menu, which is where I met my number one superstar business partner, Corinne. She was working at one of the cafes. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a good time to... I mean, that's an amazing journey from, you know, from Australia to, to Bali. Really cool. I love the Peloton story. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, you'd be shitting yourself, for lack of a better term, when they're like, yep, we're doing it. And you've got to make a menu. For sure. Yeah, like, so I can, I can understand the, the not knowing how to cook rice. Yeah. But that was, that was for myself, not for a, for a restaurant, you know, not knowing how to do that and, and yeah. having to make a menu at the same time. That's definitely throwing yourself in the deep end. So. Yeah, well, fortunately for lots of recipe books and YouTube videos, um, <laughs> yeah. there's pretty much same thing. Like you yeah. just, there's, you can learn how to cook anything on YouTube. And definitely. so I would just... Um, create a menu that I liked the look of and same thing with kinds like I still don't even really know how to cook like it's crazy like <laughs> like people are like are you a chef and I'm like no I actually giggle every time someone like, asks me because I'm like I am so far from a chef but I just know what food tastes good and like I find a recipe and I cook it 20 times like sometimes I bring it to Cos and I'm like Cos how does this taste and she's like oh lol like I'm a pretty honest like, critic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit too honest sometimes but it works yeah so from there it um just it, I cook something and sometimes I have to cook it 20 times until it tastes good but yeah like eventually you just figure it out and so with that's pretty much what I did with Peloton and Kine when I was creating the menu very cool very yeah. cool so let's let's uh switch it over to Cos here Corinne, it's good to have you on the pod. Thanks for joining Thanks, us. guys. Yeah, I would, um, you know, from what I understand, chatting to you guys this morning, um, you, your background is a little bit different to, to Lowell's. Yeah. Um, you've crossed paths, thank God, because now we're <laughs> blessed with awesome food in, in Bali. So, um, stoked to hear that. But 
yeah, I'd love to, to learn a little bit more about your upbringing and, you know, what food was on the table, what your background is and, and your journey to Bali as well. Yeah, um, so as you said, my, my upbringing is a little bit different to Lol's. Um, we did both grow up in uh, the south coast of New South Wales. So growing up, we lived probably an hour away from each other. Lol's from Jeringong and I'm from Ulladulla. Um, so yeah, living an hour away from each other, but we never knew each other until living in Bali. So we've got lots of mutual friends and it's quite funny when friends come over to visit, I'm like, wait, how do you know this person? And she's <laughs> like, what, what, that's my cousin. Like it's, yeah, it's a really small world. Um, but yeah, in terms of growing up, I mean, so different. Lol and I are yin and yang, you know. Um, she dropped out of school at, in year 10, I think. Um, whereas I was the op opposite, you know. I was like striving to be top of the class in English and legal studies and then straight to uni, you know. I was on this trajectory of like making it into the corporate world. Um, so I went, finished uni. I mean, finished high school, then moved straight to going to uni. Um, was interning throughout uni, um, was, yeah, adamant on moving to Sydney, working a nine-to-five and climbing the corporate ladder. What did you do at university? Um, I studied marketing. Um, yep. Loved it. Loved every second I had at uni. Um, then for my graduation present, my parents brought me and my two girlfriends a trip to Bali. Um, so they were like, look, you're going to move straight into the workforce. So take three weeks, go to Bali with your friends and let your hair down, like have a good time kind of thing. You've worked so hard throughout the last four years. Um, and so I came to Bali and I was just like, oh my God, like there is so much more out there than striving for that, you know, career that I was going for, you know? And I kind of like backfired on my parents a little bit because they were thinking they were going to send me to Bali and I was just going to get a suntan and have a good time. Yeah. But it just really opened my eyes to like, am I really ready to sit on the train and go to the city and work that nine to five job? Um, and so had the best time ever with my girlfriends then, got back to Australia. Um, I was living in Wollongong at the moment, at, at that time, packed up my house into my little Toyota Echo and moved back down to my hometown in Ulladulla. Mum opened the door and was like, what are, you, what are you doing here? I'm like, mum, I'm moving home. I'm gonna work at the local restaurant I'm going to make money and I'm going to go back to Bali and I'm going to travel the world. And she's like, oh, God. <laughs> what have we done? What have we done? No, 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 darling, you can't do that. Like, you, you did so well at uni and, and you're going to be really good at your job. And I'm like, yeah, but not, not right now, not for me. So, yeah, I went straight back into hospitality. I was managing a local restaurant down there that I loved and um, then was just on the next two years after that was work my butt off, save as much money as I could, come back, travel, Go back two months, two months on, two months off. So back and forth, just, you know, chasing that dream. And between then, Bali and yeah, here? Yeah, between yep. Bali. Yeah, I did a few other parts of Asia, but it was mainly Bali. It stole my heart from the start, you know. So I'd go back to Australia and all I'd think about every day was I just need to get through the next two months so I can get back to Bali where I'm truly happy. Did you have to switch jobs when you go back to Australia? Do you have to find a new one or did you have a good deal? I had a great deal. <laughs> Matt, if you're listening from Torwood, Matt and Clayton, they helped me a lot. So they taught me so much and they welcomed me with open arms every time I'd go back. Um, they were excited to have me back. Come on, tell me your stories about Bali. Now let's get to work. They really, really supported me on my dream there um, and they still support me to this day. Um, but yeah, then I came back after doing that for a solid year or 18 months. I came back to Bali and I was meant to be here for three weeks. And I remember every time I'd get to the airport to go home, I would cry and I'd sit on the plane and be like, oh no. Like, not that I have anything against Australia, but it was just like, I was so 
content in Bali and I felt so at home here and I was like two weeks into my three-week trip and I was like I can't go home like I just can't go back and so I just it started this fire in me of like I'm going to do whatever it takes to make a life here in Bali and so I started managing a few social media accounts for back in the fashion industry I was getting paid absolute peanuts to be here <laughs> I was barely surviving you know I was eating rice just plain how plain rice on, like, I was on $70 a week oh, um so yeah wow next to nothing like barely paid for my house I remember at one point I was in a mini mart with my on the phone to my friend and I was like babe I think I'm gonna die and she was like what do you mean and she's back in Australia and she's like what do you mean? I'm like, I can't drink water from the tap here because you can't mm. drink water from the tap. And I'm like, and I'm at the mini mart and I can't afford a bottle of water. Like I literally had nothing, but I didn't want to tell anyone but my best friend this because my parents would be like, come on, come home. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you so adamant to make it work? And, um, and then, yeah, so I, I started getting more and more work. And then one day I met Josh from Sea Circus, which is where Lauren and I met. And we started to work there together and he saved my life. He put me on full time. He had me managing. By the time I left, we were, I was managing three of his venues for him. And yeah, was, yeah, that's, made it work. That's <laughs> incredible. So I started from not having enough money to buy water to now having one of the busiest restaurants in Seminyak. So, so grateful for the journey and everything that Bali has given me. Well, that's a damn good story i love it like it's yeah. it's taking me back to started um, from the bottom now <laughs> it's taking me back to the days of us uh in boston i used to sleep on a blow-up mattress um and yeah all we could afford was enough eggs and um frozen pizzas to get us through the yeah. week wow. so yeah living in another country having a degree all that kind of stuff uh, yeah i don't know it's a bit of an ego trip maybe we don't want to go back to our parents to say hey look uh, i'm over here kind of failing exactly failure um, was not an option yeah and it was and it's not an option still to this day like even when lauren, lauren and i go to do something new we're like well we're not going to fail because it's not an option like we're going to do whatever it takes to make this work and i think both of us are very stubborn in that way which kind of works to our benefit stubborn or motivated yeah stubborn <laughs> or motivated yeah it's a bit of both um but yeah, when you want something bad enough, you'll do whatever it takes to get it. And it's pretty cool that we've made it this far. And I think it's also part of the story having to go through that, like not being able to buy your water because it makes you, when you, you're at this point now, like you just have a whole new appreciation. Like you have yeah. to go through the dark or the, the bad days to appreciate the good and like, yeah, the take you back. Like that's just, I, always, I, I love when you tell that story because it's like now it makes me have a realisation of my life too. And I'm like, wow like that's what we have gone through and now look at us now just being able to sit here in our cafe that's like got hundreds of people walking in and out of it every day and it's just like a little proud moment yeah <laughs> yeah we were talking about that before breakfast like yeah. having that time to you know you don't want to sit on your banana lounge for too long yeah but <laughs> there's more work to do but it's cool to be able to yeah take the time to look back and Appreciate. Yeah, appreciate from yeah, where, you, where you came from and, and what you now have right now in this moment. Uh, we just saw the Kind Cafe, guys, uh, for, for you listeners at home. You've likely seen it on Instagram. It's probably <laughs> one of the most Instagrammable places in the world right now. So yeah. um, in terms of restaurants, without a doubt. And yeah, it's a beautiful spot. You've Thank created you so an amazing much. place. And yeah, to see the people just 
pumping through the places. It blows our mind too. Yeah. We're like, how did we, how did, where are these people coming from? It like, has been an amazing journey though. Like, really cool. Really yeah, cool. Yeah. What I'd w- like to hear about now, um, we're not, we're very close to hearing about how you guys kind of intersect and make it all happen. Yeah. But as you're running, you know, you're running a vegan operation or a plant-based operation, um, kind cafe, kind community that's aimed at, you know, a, I don't know, spreading more kindness throughout the world through through food. I'd love to hear a little bit about your vegan story. Yeah. How that, we heard, you know, a small bit about um, the I skinny can, bitch and... I can dive into it yeah, a little dive, bit more. Yeah, dive in sure. a little bit more. Um, and then also also yours, Karim, we'll just go back and forth and, and then we'll we'll hear a bit more about uh, the cafe and how it, you know, how it started and what you've been through there. Definitely. So... Um, Yes, yeah, so when I was vegetarian, um, again, I was probably vegetarian for about six years. Um, I did dabble in veganism at one stage, but again, it was more for health reasons. So I didn't really have a strong why as to why I was doing it. So it was only for a few months and then I went back to um, eating uh, vegetarian again. However, it was, I think, 2014 when one of our good friends, James Aspie, I'm sure a lot of um, a lot of people have heard him before. He's one of a, a vegan activist that's doing a lot of good uh, things for the vegan community and the animals. So he actually called us one day and he's like, girls, um, I'm going to do a year of silence to raise awareness for the uh, voiceless victims of the planet. And we remember the call and we're like, James, like, are you serious? Like, you're crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, you're going to stop talking for a year? Like, just go around, like, spreading, you know, holding vegan signs yeah. or, like, spreading the vegan message in a different way. And he's like, no, like, you know, I feel this is going to be really good for the community and really good exposure for me. And he's like, I remember him asking, he's like, you guys are vegan, right? And, like, I just wanted to shy away and be, like, put... I knew he he's really good at persuading me with things. Like, I was like, no. I'm like, wanted to put my earmuffs on and be like, just let me eat my cheese and my eggs, please, James. Like, that's all. I'm doing enough for the animals already being vegetarian. And then anyway, he gave us a few documentaries, showed me the process of what happens in the, um, uh, with eggs and how all of the little baby chicks are blended up in the macerators and showed me a bunch of different videos that... Once I watched them, it was like, okay, like he told me about the dairy industry. He's like, lol, you do realize the cruelty that, you know, that's in a glass of milk, the cruelty behind the cheese and the dairy that you're eating. And and to be honest, I didn't really realize at that point the cruelty behind dairy. Like I knew it's, you know, it's easy to connect with getting an animal like an animal getting its throat slit and eating flesh and understanding that that's, you know, it was easy for me to stop eating meat. But to connect with dairy at that stage was a little bit more difficult only because I suppose I was a lot more ignorant to it. I knew there were probably videos out there, but because I love cheese so much, I didn't really want to watch them. But um, (laughs) so he showed me the videos and once, yeah, once once you know, you can't unknow. So um, What what videos did you watch like? Dairy is scary. Um, oh, there's another one. It's on eggs and it shows you. It's like uh, it, it rewinds. Uh, um, yeah. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Something similar. It starts with a pack St- of eggs or exactly. eggs in the pan. Eggs in a pan, yeah. yeah. And, and it, goes it goes back. back. And that to me was like, you know, because when you think of eggs, all you think of is hens running around in the backyard, like laying eggs and, you know, but 
actually in the in the factory farms it's like yeah all of the male uh, male chicks they're of no use to the the factories so they're literally put in a macerator in a blender and they're blended up and you know the female chicks are kept to be egg laying hens that are caught uh, that are um, stuck in a tiny little cage for their whole life so he's like well if the reason and the main reason i was vegetarian was because i didn't agree to the cruelty behind the animal agriculture industry um so he's like, if you don't agree with the cruelty, then it makes sense for you to be vegan. Like you can't support one industry, like you can't support, you know, like don't support the cruelty behind meat, but support the cruelty in the dairy industry. And at that stage, I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. So I went on my own little journey and just started watching as much as I could um, about the, veg- uh, you know, about being vegan and tried to get a really good w- a good reason why I was doing it this time because I knew that if I had that it would be easy for me to yeah stick stick with being vegan and James actually gave me a lot of help in that process me and my sisters um he said that we need to get educated because um when you do the transition from vegetarian to vegan or even eating animals to veganism it it's it's challenging because you go from you know I was eating I started, I grew up in a regular family just eating meat, breakfast, lunch and dinner and it was, you know, it was just a normal thing and same thing if we didn't have meat on our, um, in our, on our plate, it wasn't really considered a meal to us but um, then when being vegetarian, like I would replace not eating meat with lots of cheese and, you know, eggs for breakfast every morning. So, to do the transition, it's challenging in the sense of you just don't really know what to replace things with or you're like, okay, I'm eating eggs every morning. What should I have for breakfast instead? So um, James, yeah, helped us. He's like, just get educated. Find a few recipes. Like, just get a few recipes and just eat the same thing, you know, like eat muesli and yogurt and fruit for breakfast and porridge. And so we just had a set. Yeah, like I, I found out as much knowledge as I could, got a few answers on because one thing I found is when you do say that you're going vegan or when you do say you are vegan, sorry, um, it opens you up to a lot of, yeah, like people automatically are really concerned with what you eat and your diet. Like they, they're asking me all the questions, like where do you get your protein from? Like the typical questions that you get asked. And originally when I was first vegan, I didn't really have those answers. And it was, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't a confident vegan and I sort of was scared to tell people I was vegan um, just because I didn't want to, I didn't want them to question me and like, and then I told James and he's like, Lo, you just need to just get, you know, get get more educated so you do have an answer. Because if people are questioning you on veganism and you don't have an answer, then it just makes them feel like, like yeah, like, where do you get your protein? You're like, oh, uh, um, like, see, I told you, you can't get your protein being a vegan. So from there, I, um, I learned as much as I could about veganism. And then, um, and now I've learned that the best way for me to share my story is just to tell people what veganism has done for me and the impact that it's had on my life physically mentally spiritually and in doing so I hope that that you know plants a seed in them that way and then you know there's some people that are really interested in my vegan story there's some people that aren't and usually I can tell from the first few questions that I get asked whether they're actually interested or they're just trying to tell me like all the wrong reasons you know the reasons why I shouldn't be vegan and um 
yeah, so now I'm getting more confident and now and, and the best way I found also is just is leading by example. So creating that's why, you know, we've got we're fortunate enough to have Kai now is just to create really yummy vegan food and show people that eating vegan is actually you know, we don't just eat salads and boring rabbit food. We can actually have everything I used to eat, but just made with plant-based substitutes. There's vegan cheese, there's milks, there's chocolate, there's waffles, there's muffins, there's everything. And like anyone who knows me knows that I am the number one foodie. Like I eat, I love food. Like, and like, people think like (laughs) like I love food and so like to be able to create vegan food and show people that eating vegan is actually just as delicious minus all of the cruelty and the harm I feel is 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 a good way is my is my purpose in the world here to show yeah to help spread the vegan message and which has led me to um led us sorry to opening kinds kinds cafe yeah no it's really Really cool journey. Yeah. I mean, you, you got taught from the best. I know. I don't, I don't Thanks, think there's, James. There's, yeah, there's no really, there's no real better person to, to learn from than uh, James Aspie. I think he's got a really cool approach in his uh, advocacy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's um, he's able to deliver information very directly. Yeah. But also in a way where you're not feeling like you're um, attacked. being attacked. Yeah. So he's got that art down like he's 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 very very approachable i feel um from a non-vegan perspective if if you were looking to learn i just saw a a post from him this morning about a dm he got by some kid that was asking about the kfc yeah yeah. and you know this kid probably thought james aspie's never going to get back to him you know james (laughs) aspie has over two hundred thousand instagram followers this guy's not going to get back to me. I'll just you have know, a little be a, dig. <laughs> be a bit of an Instagram troll, have a bit of a dig on, on KFC, like vegan one. KFC. Yeah. And he said something about like, why would vegans want to go to KFC anyway? Or something about that. And James just, you know, pragmatically got through the conversation asking little nuggets to yeah. this guy. Little vegan nuggets. Little vegan nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> little KFC vegan nuggets. Like, and it got the kid thinking. Yeah. It really did by the end of the conversation. It's definitely in the delivery as well. Yeah. Like you don't want to come across aggressive or... No. Nope. Yeah, he does it really well. So, yeah, kudos to him to for getting you on the bandwagon yeah, because... Yeah, sisters actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and your sisters as well, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, love that story. Yeah, Amazing. So that's um, vegan journey. Here we are. Yeah, and the education is important. 100%. Getting, yeah. getting stumped... Um, yeah, it can lead people to think, oh, maybe I can't get my iron or calcium or yeah. protein from a vegan diet. But, you know, and once you're educated, it becomes I a bit easier. I think also when I first went vegan, I was replacing it with a lot of bread and a lot of carbs. And everywhere I'd go, I'd eat, I'd eat hot chips just because I didn't <laughs> really know what else. <laughs> I still do. but <laughs> Hot chip <laughs> sandwiches in summer are everything. <laughs> um, I just didn't really know what else to eat. So, yeah, by... By doing that research, it helps you a lot with the journey. For, for sure, yeah. for sure. Corinne, talking about coming from a you know a meat eating background, meeting two you know two what is it two one meat two veg kind of family. Yeah, I, that's I it. think I'm I, I'm more or less the same. Uh, Mum was definitely in the kitchen making the really healthy salads, but Sam, my brother, my dad, 
we weren't ones that were, you know, gearing to like leaning towards the salads. We were always, you know, thinking back to where I played on a Monday night. We used to have barbecues and they were two sausages, yeah. lamb chop, chicken wings, fried egg, like cholesterol bomb. <laughs> Seriously, that was on our plate every Monday night. I feel ya. <laughs> Dad used to tell us, like he's like, when, you know, we used to rate the meal like, out of 10. And Dad's like, oh, guys, rate mum's salad. And we'd be like, oh, you know, five, yeah. five out of 10. Mum's crushed. She's just made this amazing salad and we're giving her a friggin' five. Poor mum. <laughs> poor mum. And dad's grilling on the barbie and we're always saying nine or ten. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd have a good laugh. But now looking back, mum definitely had the right vision of what should be on the plate. Uh, but the question for you is, you know, coming from that background and now owning, you know, the most successful vegan cafe in Bali, how, how does that happen? How, how, how does your journey look? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to drop a bit of a bomb right here. Um, I don't actually identify with as being a vegan just yet, um, but I have come a long way on my journey. Um, I guess Lauren and I, Lauren's a lot further down that journey than I am. Um, but I came from, as you said, like if there wasn't meat on the plate, it wasn't a meal. And so moving to Bali and when Lauren and I kind of started the conversation about opening a cafe, I was like, oh, I really had to like, you know, change my beliefs and ideas of what I thought would work because Lauren was like, okay, cool, let's do something together. But whatever it is, it's, it's going to be vegan. I'm like, oh, I mean, I really want to work with you, but is Semenyak ready for a full <laughs> vegan cafe? Like, I'm pretty sure you're eating bacon and eggs over yeah. this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey. yeah. I was like, I was a full-on carnivore. Yeah. And like, Lol was like, yeah, let's do something because we both would watch each other work and be like, one day I want to work with that girl because she's bloody amazing at her job. And anyway, so Lol kind of started to plant the seed. She was like, yeah, let's do something together. But, you know, I'm very passionate about what I'm doing. So whatever we do has to be vegan. I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll let her sleep on it. And I'm going to pitch to her tomorrow that it's going to be vegetarian. I can definitely sit with vegetarian, but vegan, you know, I'm not quite sure that salmon yak's ready for it. Um, anyway... I've changed a lot since then. A um, lot. So she started to plant the seed just from that very first conversation. She was like, just go and watch these and watch that. And I started to go, oh, okay. my Yeah, because that this knowledge wasn't available to me growing up, you know, because it was just, yeah, veganism was like, oh, vegans are weird. Like, don't even look at that kind of stuff. And so Lowell planted the seed and kind of one day I remember I was driving on the bike and in Bali – the cruelty to the animals or the animal, like the meat industry, it's a lot, lot less hidden, you know. In Australia, mm. for example, the chicken trucks have these high walls um, that you can't really see into. You know, the pigs, you can kind of see a little hole, but that's it. I was driving to the other side of Bali one day and this chicken truck pulled up to me. So it's open walls and there's hundreds of chickens just like jammed in this truck in the heat, in the sun. And what I'd normally do is I'd go, oh, oh, God, look away. But then I'd go and eat a chicken schnitzel. But it was just like out of sight, out of mind. Let's, let's not look at that. But this day I was like, after taking a lol, I'm like, no, actually look into these animals' eyes. Like look at what you are eating. Make the connection. And I remember I sat at the traffic light just staring at these animals and I just burst into tears. And, like, I came from a farm and, like, an, 
complete animal loving family and for that that was the first time I'd made the connection I was like whoa this chicken in the chuck is the chicken schnitzel like how have I gone 25 years of my life and only just made this connection now um so from that day I swore I'd never ever eat chicken ever again and then it was the same thing you know the the pigs they're in these open cage trucks driving around Bali on the way to the slaughterhouse and so living in Oz I didn't see that really you know they're hidden behind walls but here it's like just so accepted that everyone's just cruising around with these pigs in the back of their truck on the way to the slaughterhouse I'm like oh god like yeah it just it just really planted the seeds so slowly 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 um I'm getting to on to the same level as Lowell but still got a little bit of way to go pretty much there I'm 96 (laughs) percent vegan but yeah I think a lot of people get often quite shocked when they hear that I'm don't call myself vegan because as I said my why I'm still working on my why and and the same as Lowell she's like if you really have a strong why you can never turn back so I'm working on developing that and I'm almost there but for the moment still on the journey yeah I think as we said earlier you know 96% vegan is a whole lot better than 1% vegan yeah and if as a community we're going to continue to strive for perfectionism exactly it's going to beat our own purpose and message down we're going to be killing our own message so uh, i feel like to not welcome someone like yourself into a vegan community would be freaking absurd because you know you've you're putting bums on seats in a you know an amazing restaurant that serves plant-based food has an amazing message and you're working on it yourself yeah um so everyone everyone gets there at a different time i think and you can't force someone to become vegan overnight some people it, some people it happens and some people it doesn't so yeah just being open and that's another thing with kind when we did get to that point of okay it's going to be vegan I said okay but let's not use the word vegan because it is a little bit isolating to the public who aren't vegan so people might see vegan cafe and go oh god I'm, I, I'm not vegan so I can't go there so we've taken the approach to use the word plant-based in all of our marketing and all of our advertising and everything you know because people don't even really know what it means they're kind of like oh plant-based they use lots of veggies let's go in and try it out whereas I think if we had a huge sign saying vegan out the front we would turn a lot of customers away. Um, so yeah, I, I, as I was saying, I think that majority of our clientele that come to Kind aren't vegan, but we, by getting them in the doors and kind of tricking them into eating with us, we're planting the seed. We're showing them that you can eat your entire lunch, your entire dinner, your entire breakfast without any element of animal product. And how cool is that? Yeah, I think it's awesome that you're doing it. Um it's, it's funny, There's, there seems to be a trend in um, vegan plant-based restaurants where uh, it, I suppose it depends on what type of demographic they're, they're shooting, they're aiming for, um, but the food that you know, you've got on your menu often brings a large majority of non-vegans to the restaurant. Mm. I think it's really cool. It's really important that they're being exposed to the food, they're enjoying the food, they see that it can be amazing, tasty, they're not missing out on anything that they thought they might be missing out on. So, mm-hmm. you know, planting the seed by doing breakfast, lunch or dinner is a great way uh, for people to learn a bit more. So in saying that, I'd love to go back just a little bit further to see where you guys intersect and, you know, you have this idea of kind and the journey of kind, where you've come from, how it's grown. 
Uh, and I'd love to hear the story about, yeah, kind of learning that LOL was going to take no exceptions, no <laughs> yeah. prisoners and, you know, settle on a vegan business when you didn't really know that before signing a lease, which, which I think is a, a really cool story. But yeah, um, just how it, how it came to be. Yes, so um, as we said previously, we were both working at Sea Circus together um, and we we knew that we had to do business together. Like we just had a really amazing working relationship and it's so important when you go into any business with anyone that, you know, it's so easy to go to your friend like, oh yeah, let's start a business together, which I've done before. And then you realize, oh, actually like when you're, you're a completely different person when you're under pressure and you're under stress. And like, so we would just watch each other work and we're like, okay, like we sat down that same meeting. We're like, okay, let's, honestly like let's start looking into doing a business together and I think it was maybe two days later or the next day Corinne was in Australia at the time she um messaged me and she's like lol um there's a place that's just come available in Seminyak do you want to go and check it out like it could be a spot for our business at this stage we didn't even know what the business was going to be but we're like okay like yeah I'll, I'll go have a little look and I remember walking in there and I was just like oh my god it's perfect it like, just felt right from the start yeah it just felt really right like it was it was only small um and however our first idea was going to be um we were going to be a grab and go juice and smoothie bar um that's because the space was so tiny um i called cause and i was like cause it's perfect like i think we should get it like when you get back we'll check it out and Cos came when she got back from oz she came and had a look also and she's like oh my god this is great like should we get it like at the time as well I was back in Australia and I was saying to my friends and family like yeah I'm going back to Bali I'm I'm gonna open a cafe yeah uh, we're gonna sell juices smoothies and coffees and my friends were like what like no you're not and I'm like I might need like 10 grand do you reckon you guys could lend me a bit of money and they're like no way like you're gonna <laughs> fail like whatever go yeah I'll see you in a couple of weeks kind of thing the same friends that are regretting that decision now, now they walk in now they're like shit I should have given you that 10 grand yeah. god <laughs> yeah so from there um we found this yeah we both agreed that we really like the space and then we're like what do we do next like do we get it like I'm like yeah like let's just get it I'm like okay and Corinne's really good at like um, documents. She's very business savvy, like doing all of the presentations, made a PowerPoint presentation to pitch to people because we needed investment. And I remember we've probably still got the first presentation, but it was like um, we were originally going to be a juice and smoothie bar. And so Cos made a really cool presentation. We pitched it to both of our parents. We're like, hey, we've got this cool idea. And fortunately, again, we've got pretty supportive parents that like we can lend you the money. And then again, when you start making profit back, you can, can pay us back. And then from there, we signed the lease. I don't even think at this stage we had enough money, but we're like, we'll figure it out. Like we had enough money for the lease. So we signed the lease. And as we were signing the lease for one location, the landowner of the location next door was like, hey, girls, do you want my, my space for the same price? And then we're like, ooh, like, <laughs> like yeah like we, we had to do it we, we had, had to do, do it because when we actually sat down and thought about it we're like we can't really do much from this space it was three by ten for one shop um we're like we literally there won't be any room for storage like like okay let's get like cause should we get the second spot we agreed to get the second spot and then from then once we had two spaces we're like okay we need to have a food offering now like now we've got a little bit more space like we're gonna have a food offering i was like cause 
just just before we go any further, I just want to make it clear to you that it's going to be vegan. You know this, right? And then I remember her face. She was like, you're like, are you, sh- are you, are you sure? Yeah, are you sure uh, Salmon Yak's ready for this lol? Like, I think it should be vegetarian, you know? Like, I'm all, you know, I understand, like, your vision and, like, I think it should be vego. And me being stubborn little low and just yeah there's there's no way i was like cause there is no way i'm doing anything that's serving cow's milk or cheese or and she's like yeah but we're just gonna stop so you know like just just at least cow's milk like we're gonna people if we're gonna be a stopping place for coffee like we need to be able to offer cow's milk for everybody like it's not gonna work if we don't like you know she was always open to the idea but just hadn't seen like how it could potentially work like because no one had really done it in the area before us and had it boom so yeah yeah it was just self-doubt and fear going oh are we eliminating a whole market by not offering cow's milk um but we worked through that yeah (laughs) (laughs) and here we are now (laughs) and you what about your little story of your yeah I mean (laughs) I mean so we took the second space we made a small menu really really minimal menu because the space only had 20 seats in, in the small two shops, six by ten it was. Um, and so I'd moved past the fear of it being vegan. I was accepting that, cool, let's go. First day of opening, 6 a.m., me and Lola in there, like, nervous as all hell. First customer rocks up and we're like, we are thinking we were going to serve our friends and, like, people on the way to the gym in the morning. First customer walks in the door and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. He was like, you're stereotypical Aussie bogan, like, in a bin tank shirt, just cruising the streets. And he's like, God, you guys are up early. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's our first day of opening, actually. We're so excited. And he's like, oh, cool. I'll, have, I'll grab a cappuccino then. And we were like, yeah, uh, I'm at the cash register. Lowell's in the kitchen. I'm like, uh, would you like coconut, almond or soy milk? And he's like, uh, real milk? And I'm like, uh, uh, we're actually a plant-based cafe. And um, uh, I was just like, oh, God, lol, you should have listened to me. We should have had dairy milk. And lol just jumps back from the kitchen. She's like, hi, sir, let me make you a fresh coconut cappuccino. If you don't like it, you don't pay for it. And I was like, okay, here we go. Test number one. <laughs> Took him out the coffee, he sat outside, and I was watching him from the window like, oh, my God, is he spitting it out? Like, does he like it or not? He finished it. And as he finished it, he came inside and he goes, geez, love, that was all right. Guess I guess I better bloody pay for it then. <laughs> and I was like, oh. And from that moment, the first customer that walked through our doors, all doubt of it succeeding as a – well, not succeeding as a vegan cafe was gone. I was like, if we can win this guy over, he's like – the absolute non-vegan vegan you can think of. If he can be happy, <laughs> then we can make anyone happy. So from that point, it was, um, yeah, no more doubt about that. So I'm glad I listened to LOL. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really cool kind of picture or a story you're painting. Um, there's a couple of things. So a lot of the listeners are from America. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna educate them just on a few things. <laughs> a bogan. <laughs> What is a bogan? How, how would we say that? Would we say it's like the Aussie redneck type? I guess so, yeah. yeah. In, type, a, in a way. Yeah. R- normally like more of a, uh, a country person, w- would we say? Strong Aussie accent. Strong Aussie accent. They're wearing their singo. Yeah. They're down the beach having a beer. <laughs> They've just had their Big Mac burger, you know, like the... Regular... Regular Aussie, Aussie bogan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's a bogan, guys. Um, and then the second thing you probably need to know is that barley is like mini 
Australia almost. Yeah. We've got a lot of Aussies coming here I love uh, to travel. So, yeah. com- so close common occurrence. And easy, yeah. Yeah. Um, to see to to see Aussies in Bali, they're uh, they're all all they're over everywhere. exactly <laughs> everywhere. So th- that's a couple of things I just wanted to uh, to <laughs> g- bring you up to people s- up to speed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean that's cool, isn't it? First test early on a more on you know on your first morning and you, you know right into the yeah. swing of things. Okay, yeah. non-vegan, used to the dairy milk, and now it's coconut cappuccino. Who knows? Yeah. That could have been the seed for that bloke. He I could don't be know. ordering yeah. them at his local cafe every morning now. Hopefully, <laughs> exactly. If you're out exactly. there listening, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember um, we had to forecast how many people we would expect to come yeah. through our doors, and we sat on down. my really formal presentation. I pitched the investors. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> um, we'll probably have about six. 60 people come through our doors every day like and even that we're like do you really think we could get 60 people like, maybe like doors? 30 like, it's probably just going to be your sisters <laughs> and my best friend <laughs> and then like a few people going to the gym like it's going to be chill and then um I, yeah pretty much our first our first day of opening or our first week of opening like we were on the floor we we had we hired one waitress at the time so me and Cos we were in there because we thought that was all we'd need yeah. we were like she can just take an order and then run the coffee out and then clear the table and there's only going to be going like to be very busy six like. customers max and then the first day we're like oh my god we need more chairs we need more tables like we need more like, stuff <laughs> there, we had we had line i think like from week 2 i reckon we would have had lines of people waiting to get in and like even when people would come in me and Cos were like do you know why? that person? Yeah, do you know that person? Like, why is he here? Where like, did they come from? Like, how do they know about us? Yeah, we were so shocked. We're like, how are people like, how are we so busy right now? Like, it's just like from day one, one of our biggest issues has been we've been too busy. Like, it's just we have just grown so quickly that we're constantly we, playing catch up. Yeah, like we thought we'd have 30 people going through our doors and now we have around 600 in low season coming through our doors. And like, it's just been a really, so yeah, like like we've just grown so quickly. And like from that first space, um, we outgrew that. Like we would have people waiting. It was like an hour wait for tables. People were lining out the front. It was just so manic to the point like, we weren't offering this experience yeah. that we wanted people to have when they were coming to Kind. Like people were sitting on top of each other. You were so close. We didn't like even want to go there. Like I would, I would pull up in a car park and be like, oh God, it's so manic. Like I'm just mm. going to go down the road and go to another cafe. It's just so busy. Like, and then from there, the space next door became available and it wasn't on the main street. So it was a little bit behind. It was right next door to our cafe, but a little bit further back. And we're like, should we take this spot? And I'm like, yeah, let's take this. It can just be our storage space. Like, we'll just use it as a prep kitchen, as storage. So we took it and that's exactly what it was initially. It was um, just, we had a small prep kitchen set up there. And then we realised that we just needed more seats in the cafe. And we're like, okay, like, should we turn, like, actually, we were going to turn it into a yoga space because we had so much room. Yeah, we're like, maybe we should it's turn It's too big it. for a cafe, but it could be perfect size for a yoga space so we 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 were thought thinking it was going to be way too big to keeping ever. in mind me and cos don't really do any yoga ourselves <laughs> so i don't know why we thought it would be a good yoga space however um then we realized well i actually like i think we need to turn this into kind like this is we need like we need to have more seats like the more seats we can have like the more people the more food because we were turning people away like people wouldn't come and eat with us because the the wait was too long 
So then we both, we made the decision to turn that space into kind and it was about six months, I think it took us to build that new space. Yeah, so just after our first birthday, so we operated in the small space for a year. Which is now the ice cream shop. Which is now the ice cream shop and just after our first birthday, we moved into the big space and so that has about 90 seats, close to 100 I'd say, Um, but so we went from a 25-seat restaurant to a 100-seat restaurant. And so on the first day of opening the big space, I remember we were in there again, six o'clock in the morning, just absolutely peaking, going, what have we done? Like, there's no one's going to come. They can't see us because we're not on the street anymore. And I remember I posted on Instagram saying, thank you, everyone, for your patience. Kind 2.0 is finally here. We promise you'll never have to wait for a table ever again. Post that at 7 a.m. By 11 o'clock in the morning, Lol and I are on the hostess just like sorry guys it's going to be a 20 minute wait for a table like oh my god we were just mind blown we were like how are we filling this space so quickly and i don't know it's just people just love it (laughs) yeah i mean we were scared when we first opened we're sitting there it was seven o'clock there was not one person in the cafe we're like we've blown it like oh my god no one knows we're here anymore like part of the reason we're so successful is because we're on the busiest street and like everyone would see like how busy we are but then, yeah, we quickly came to realise that that wasn't... People actually loved what we were doing yeah. and we're like, okay. like So, yeah, that, that brings us to our new space now. We have, um, as Cos said, about 100 seats and we turn the old um, kind into a creamery and a merchandise so- store. And we also do dinner. So, we went from doing breakfast and lunch. Um, the new space also allowed us to do dinner and cocktails. Um, so, yeah, uh, offering our operating hours have doubled and our space has doubled and our staff have quadrupled quadrupled we went from six staff to now i think we have a hundred staff wow and like i just want to comment on the staff as well like they have been our absolute rocks like we cut letters on top of the smoothie bowls which is one of the things that have gotten us so popular because everyone wants to get their barley and their name and their mango on top of their smoothie bowls. And I remember the first, when I had that idea, I came to Lola and I'm like, Lola, we're going to put this on the smoothie bowls. And Lola's like, babe, that you, are you kidding? You're going to ask us to cut barley on top of every single smoothie bowl? I'm like, come on, babe, we've got to do it for the gram. Like, it's going to look great. And she's like, we'll do it for the first week of opening and then that's it. And then we started to do it and we literally, to this day, we couldn't stop because once people saw that, they want to come and they want to get their name on top of their smoothie bowls. We have three dedicated staff each day cutting people's Letters names out of mango and putting it on top of their smoothie bowl. It's not easy. And it's tedious. <laughs> it's tedious as hell. But our staff, they just get in there and they get it done and they do it with that beautiful Indonesian smile on their face and... They run our ship for us every day and we're so grateful for every single one of them. Yeah, we're sitting right here, right now. Far, well not far away, but around the corner from the restaurant at your house. Yeah. And they're running the place. Yeah, mm. yeah. they're doing a killer job every day. And they do an awesome job. I mean, we were there this morning and yeah, the, the vibe you get from them. Well, that's one of the things. It's just like they come to, come to you with a smile on their face. They're super helpful. They double checked our order, triple checked our <laughs> order. And yeah, you just, you couldn't fault them. They were dedicated, smiling people, exactly what you want when you go to a a restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest things we, on day one of training was we wanted to instill in our staff that our name is kind and everything we do has to reflect that. 
So we say to them, every single person that walks through our doors, let's kill them with kindness. We don't know what kind of day they've had. We don't know if they've sat in traffic for an hour to get here. We have no idea what they've been through. So let's make them leave happier after being at kind than when they first arrived. So we, we really instill that in our staff and we hope that they deliver that every day. I mean, it's pretty easy for them to do so because they're so beautiful and so happy. Absolutely. And so I think calm yeah, anyway. <laughs> that also comes from us as bosses as well. Like we have to make them feel appreciated and make them feel loved and valued because they are essentially like, if they're not feeling good when they come to work every day, like you can feel that, you know? And like mm-hmm. even with the food, with our kitchen staff, like, we need to make sure that they're they're loving coming to work and they because they're essentially putting the energy they're creating the food and it's so important that yeah they feel that from us to them it's just love and kindness so that they can give they can forward that on to the customer as well so actually tonight we have a staff appreciation night we're closing the restaurant we take them out and we we party and we have have a little bit of fun outside yeah. of the workplace just to show them how much they mean to us and how yeah. do i get a gig at kind <laughs> well actually <laughs> <laughs> now it sounds like but a sick yeah. place to work and i love that you yeah you're involving the local community yeah, yeah. you're yeah. giving them an awesome place to work um what's well, it like for them like you know not growing up in bali it's, I suppose it's hard to understand a different, a different place uh, growing up. It's, it's totally different to, uh, to where I'm from. And now they have these awesome opportunities with, with a couple of awesome bosses. So what's it like for them? I mean, like, it's, they are the hardest working staff. It is a completely different work environment here. Like, they are working six days a week. So, you know, most of us in the West, we at least get two days off. So um, they're working six days a week and they like the the salary the wage is a lot different to what we would earn in australia for example but they are just like they're just their culture is just they, they are so appreciative like they come in and they're so happy and appreciative and like balinese are just the kindest humans like i think that's why it has a really different energy here here, here in bali and yeah like you they're excited to learn as well like um for, for them to be, for our chefs to come from, you know, big hotels where they're cooking meat and three veg, they're coming to kind and Lol's like, okay, guys, you know what vegan is? They're like, uh, vegetarian? She's like, no, 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 I'm going to teach you everything. So, and they get excited, like, they're excited to learn something new. Our chefs in particular, he always comes out and he's like, boss, boss, I just made this vegan sushi with uh, watermelon. What do you think? And we're <laughs> like, yeah, dude, it's sick. Like, it gives them a new kind of platform to create in as well. So, they're learning a lot. Mm-hmm. And they're loving it. They're just, they're, yeah, they're amazing. Very it's cool. cool. Yeah, that's sick. I want to go back slightly before I forget, yeah. before, I, before we run too far away. <laughs> but you were mentioning the yoga studio. Yeah. And, you know, not knowing much about yoga yourselves, but having this idea. What persuaded you to stick with your, your guns, go with what you know, go with what's so mm-hmm. successful, why you've got lines out the door, what made you go with Kind 2.0 over a yoga studio? I um, think it's an important message that you, were, um, you spoke about earlier today, having people say, you know, we'll help you out and say, look. Yeah, everyone had a different opinion. So people were like, don't do it because if it's not broke, don't fix it. But then other people were like, 
doing a 100-seat restaurant is just as hard as doing a 20-seat. You know, you've got to put the menu in, you've got to put the work in, just back yourself. And you need to be passionate about yes. it. Like, we had no passion on yoga. Well, like, that's we what I remember really Ty from the lawn said to us. He's like, girls, why are you doing a yoga space? Do you even like yoga? And I was like, uh, I've never, I've done it like once before. And he's like, that's what I do. He's like, find what you love and do that. He's like, I love surfing and I love having a sunset drink. That's why I build sunset venues facing the ocean. He's like, you guys live and breathe hospitality. So why are you doing a yoga space? Um, so that kind of plan, that like really propelled us to just going, actually, let's do what we're good at. Let's, yeah, let's continue sure the Making sure you're passionate about something yeah. before like, because... Yeah, you know, it's your, you're going to be doing it every single day and if it's not something you enjoy, it ends up being a job, you know, it yeah. ends up being a chore and you don't really want to wake up. And now, like, with Kine, we, like, it just, it doesn't even feel like we're working, you know, like, we, we love it so much. As like, corny as it sounds, it's like find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. And that's what it feels like. It feels like home. It feels like our baby just, like, growing and... Yeah, it's not a chore at all. I mean, some days we get stressed and mm-hmm. and some days there's like a lot of work, but we love it. So some days we sit here and getting massages while we work on our yeah. laptops. <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking at o- its best. Ordering Gojek, ordering people to come and bring us our food. So, I mean, it's a pretty luxurious lifestyle yeah. here. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's cool. I just wanted to go back to it because I think it is something that uh, we can, you know, all struggle with trying to find that creative outlet. Yeah. yeah. And the Maybe self-doubt. Getting, yeah, the self-doubt is another thing that you guys are big on. Should we go into it? Yeah. I mean, it's something that you've, you've faced A often. Lot. Yeah, daily. But push through it to create what you have. So I think it's something we all struggle with, whatever it might be. Yeah. Self-doubt, fear. I think it's what holds us back. It yep. holds us back from our creative outlets. I think we're all creative at, at our core. Mm-hmm. Maybe we, you know, don't work on it as often as we should if we're you know i've been in the nine to five grind it's very hard sometimes to be creative outside of that because you're so dragged down so drained by what you're doing at a corporate job Mm. um yeah i'd love to know a little bit about how you push through the fear how you push through the self-doubt i think it's really been beneficial to me and for me and lol to do this together um so on the days where Lowell's feeling like we can't do this, what are we doing? We're gonna, what, what, have we, what have we gotten ourselves into? I'm there to pick her up and be like, nah, babe, like you're so good at what you do. Like we've got this, like it's, it's gonna be fine. And then there'll be the days where I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm gonna let everyone down. Like we can't do this. And then Lowell will be there on my shoulder going, nah, babe, we got this, we got this. So it works really well to have an epic business partner that's got your back and constantly to just hype each other up and well, I can tell when she's seeing those demons you know and so I'm like nah babe like we got this and, and the same for me so I think that's helped me a lot yeah I think also leading back to the whole finding something you're passionate in like for me it's again like I'm not a chef I've never studied I didn't even really know how to cook but because I loved food and I had like I all I wanted to do was show people what veganism can like how it can change your life like I was so passionate about it that whenever you have a why whenever you really know why you're doing something you will always figure out how like you'll always figure it out so like if 
you know, if there's something that you love so much, like find what you can, how you can be of service to people, like ha- figure out how you can, yeah, like what, how you can bring your gifts to the world and just do it. Like just start doing it and like figure it out. Like if you're so passionate about something, there's so many different avenues for learning now. Like we're, we're at a day and age where, you know, we've got the internet and like we can learn pretty much most things on there. Like, so for me, it's I still struggle with self-doubt 100%. And I think it's a normal, natural emotion of a human, you know, just as feeling anger or fear or sadness or happiness. Like we need to go through these emotions. However, it's it's learning ways and tools to work through it. And for me, it, it it's it, meditating has actually helped me a lot through this. And, you know, like we've got these minds that can be absolute demons if we allow them to be so it's just like gaining back that control over our mind and like every time my mind starts to wander with you can't do this like what makes you think you're going to be able to cook another you know how you you don't know how to make a menu it's like just catching yourself observing those thoughts that you have and coming back to presence and coming back to your breath and being like you know like I know that I can like deep down and it's like and even if you don't know that you can just convince yourself like you just like your mind doesn't know the difference between something that you've made up and something that's actually happening. So if you can just convince yourself that you can, you will always figure out that, you know, you always find a way to do it. So throughout, so like I said, like I've self-doubt, it, it, it hits me every single day. Like every time I do any new project, even though we've opened like Kinds and we actually opened another cafe last year called Give, which we haven't yet spoke about. Um, we can tell you a little bit about that journey. But I remember opening Give, same thing. I was like, we're not going to be able to open another cafe. Like, it's like we don't. It's it's not going to work. But it's just coming back to that presence, and you know, like, and and knowing that you can. And yeah, I think that's really helped me a lot with my a, a lot with my self doubt. And some seriously good advice yeah. from both of you. I mean. It's cool that you can feed off each other's energy yeah. to begin. I think that's awesome. Um, clearly helpful for both of you to, to have that shoulder to lean on, that extra voice to bring you up when you're down and vice versa. For sure. Um, but the second thing, I, I really liked what you said there, where the mind doesn't really know the difference between what is happening and, and what's not, yeah. or what is yet to be. And you, if you convince yourself with positive self-talk yeah affirmations affirmations putting that out there into the world then you're going to believe in your idea in yourself uh it does need action but all of that together is going to have a much more positive outcome than just sitting there and like grinding on an idea and getting anxious on an idea i've definitely been there myself um and it's almost a weight off your shoulders when you actually go out and start yeah so i think it's a really cool message for people because as as we we do live in this day and age where it's more possible than ever before to get out and start working for yourself yeah and like i prior to to having my own cafe like i started a swimwear label i made diaries i did i tried a whole heap of different things that because you know, same thing. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I'm like, I just want to work for myself. And they were a massive failure. Like, I mean, not a massive failure, actually. Like we still, you know, it, it generated income, but it was just, my passion wasn't there. And, and I felt that quickly, like, 
quickly into the game and you I was like interest when yeah. you don't have the passion you kind of wake like, up oh, and you're like oh okay. like I've got a design I didn't even know anything about fashion like <laughs> so yeah just finding finding your fire and like finding something that ignites it and just sticking with it and trusting yourself you know trust is everything for sure yeah can we talk about the gram a little bit and how it's been and a you know an integral part of kind uh growing quickly getting lines out the door uh and i believe you are the woman behind that cause so she is an absolute gun yeah so it's it's really good because lauren lauren and i really balance each other out in our skill set um as I come from a marketing background, she comes from like menu development background. So I, I can't even chop a tomato without chopping my finger off. Like I am hopeless. She sometimes, she used to ask me to help her in the kitchen. She's like, babe, can you just come and chop this? And I'm like, are you sure about that? Like we might end up in the hospital. And she's like, oh yeah, can you just go outside and pick some flowers for garnishing? Cause that's what you're good at. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of bring the branding and the marketing side of things to the, the mix and from the get go, we, we could see people around the world trying to do the gram thing but it's a whole picture kind of perspective so cool everything we wanted to make we wanted to look beautiful for the gram but then from going to other cafes I was finding cool they've made this amazing dish and it looks beautiful for photos but it tastes like crap so cool, I'm going to come here, I'm going to get my one photo, but I'm never going to come back again. So it was really important with mine and Lowell's development of the menu to be like, okay, A, does it look good? Cool. B, does it taste good? Yeah. C, if it passes that, it's on the menu. So I think a lot of people were doing really epic tasting food, but the presentation just wasn't there. So they're missing out on that Instagrammable market. So we tried, we're trying to do like, yeah, tick every box approach. And I think that's what's been really helpful to us because people, they come, they get their shot and then they come back the next day to enjoy their food. So um, yeah, that's really important to us is, does it look good? Does it taste good? Yes, it's on the menu. And we haven't spent one cent on marketing. It's been Coz's skills and she's... I think we just tapped into the market at a really good time and we kind of have built the place to look good in photos. But that's not everything, yeah. So a lot of people, I get a little bit upset when people just kind of say, we're the pink wall cafe. Because we want to be so much more than that. And I think some people get the whole kind of perspective of us, but other people just come for that one photo. But that's okay. We're getting our message out there. And as Lauren said, we haven't spent a dollar on marketing. It's literally just been user-generated social media content to get the word out there which is pretty cool um and i think people come and they feel the love from kind so they want to support it um and so they they post we haven't paid anyone to post for us no paid collabs anything like that if they want to come enjoy their meal and post for it thank you if not then it's cool um but yeah it's pretty cool that that's been our full marketing channel is social media yeah the page i mean the page is it's incredible. It's a, it's a, you know, we hear Instagram as like this visual crack, you know, your, your senses are kind of heightened by the, uh, the images that we, we scroll through. Um, food photography is now blown up on Instagram. It's like, I don't think there were that many food <laughs> photographers <laughs> in the world before Instagram. Now everyone's a food photographer. So to see you guys use it 
as a tool for the business uh, and to, you know, to get people wanting to come and try the food uh, from a visual point of view, uh, but then also having the message to back it up uh, and to spread the kindness, um, you know, through the, through the food that you offer is a really cool mix, ticking all boxes. And you seriously are like ticking every box uh, on your approach. And the growth has been quite amazing. Yeah, we're hoping to have 100K by Christmas. So if you're listening and you're not following us, please go and give us a follow. That's my goal. And it's kind community, K-Y-N-D, community or one word or lowercase. So swapping the I for a Y, so K-Y-N-D. I think we could also then lead to give. Now. Give for sure. Um, I that's, keep, it's on my back of mind. I just don't want to make sure we forget Anna just about it. gave me a little note on the, <laughs> on the phone. We, yeah, we've got to talk about it. So um, growing from, you know, little kind to adding a little bit more to kind to kind 2.0. Um, what was the next thing for you guys in terms of, yeah, extending the business? Well, uh, from initially when we first opened kind, we did the, we called it Kind Community because we wanted to be so much more than a cafe. So um, actually my dad one day called me and he's like, well, I really want to do a not-for-profit project. Um, would, you be, would you guys be interested in doing something together? And we're like, yeah, like 100%. Like if you're, if you're interested in doing a cafe, then we'll help you for sure because we don't really know, again, anything outside of the hospitality <laughs> thing. But um, So... Dad came to us and we sat down and we're like, okay, let's do like 100% not-for-profit cafe. Um, So we opened Give in August of last year, which um, donates 100% of its profits to three Bali-based charities here in Bali. So we as business owners take zero... Salary percentage. Yeah, take no salary, take no percentage. It's a pure passion project. Yeah, and one thing we've believed is um, a quote that we've actually got um, on the wall at Give and it says, when you have more than you need, build a longer table, not a higher fence. So from that, we, you know, we already had our successful business and we wanted to give back to the community in Bali and um, we serve, the offering is slightly different. It's um, an Indonesian-focused menu that takes your traditional nasi, meaning rice, um, takes your traditional nasi uh, champur dish where usually you would pick your rice and you pick what meats and vegetables you want. However, we've um, made vegan substitute meats, so we still have um, pork satay, which is made from gluten or seitan. Um, we've got pretty much everything you'd find on an Indonesian menu, but made with plant-based options. So then we could also target the local community and show the Balinese because um, animal, pig especially, pork especially, is massive in the Balinese diets. And to be able to show them also that they can still eat plant-based and still taste just as good, if not better. Um, so, yeah, we... we give offers, as we said, to three, um, three, three Bali-based charities. We work one for the people, one for the planet, and one for the animals. Um, the foundation we're working with for the people is called Puspadi, which helps um, give prosthetic limbs to people that have either, either lost them through accidents, through birth defects. Um, they have people working on the ground here in Bali that goes to the villages and, like, finds people that can't walk or you know they've been they've suffered these you know illnesses like polio is a big thing here and um they live 
yeah, they, they try and operate with no leg or no arm and they go there and they take them to the center and they fit them with a new prosthetic limb and teach them to walk again and give them a new life give them a new life we went out to the puss buddy center recently and it was absolutely mind-blowing we were like watching these people it it was actually started by a balinese guy who um lost uh sorry he was in a ceremony and a lantern fell on him and it seized up his right arm and he found and then um, a foundation found him and actually took him for an operation and gave him movement back into his right arm and from then he was like i want to be able to help other people so he set this um foundation up and now he is it's so beautiful to see this balinese man making they've made over 4,000 they've yeah given 4,000 prosthetic limbs and wheelchairs to the local people here in Bali and um, once we found that foundation we were just trying to do everything yeah yeah, everything in our power to help them now we've got one of their um, the people that they've fitted a prosthetic limb we just have given him a job at give so now he works on the floor serving our customers with his prosthetic limb he lost it from the hip accident down in an accident Um, so it would be hard for him to find work I guess, but he's epic. So we've just he's put him so on the so team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good for people to then see directly where their money and their profit is going towards as well. Um, the other charities we work with, we're working with Mission Pausable. Um, so as if you've ever been to Bali, you'll know there's a lot of um, dogs on the street that have kind of been abandoned and then they breed. And then the problem with like having just all these homeless dogs is quite big here. Um, so these guys go around and they rescue dogs that have been neglected put them through, cared for them, and then re-adopt them out to other homes to give them a, a second life. Um, so that's Mission Pausable. They do an epic job. And then the third charity, again, if you've been to Bali, you'll see that the waste management problem here is huge. Huge. Um, so we're working with a charity called Mish, uh, Meraputi Hijal, which is MPH Bali. Um, and they are educating the local community on how to recycle and break down your household waste. So waste that, separation. Yeah, so that your environmental impact is not as detrimental as it can be. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to give it like a, a full picture approach again. People, planet, animals. Love so that it. we're kind of giving a piece of the pie to everyone. Yeah, so every time someone dines with us, they get a token um, and they can choose where they want their profits to go to. So we have a little box and it explains what each charity is about and they can choose where they want their profits to go to. So since operating, I think we've donated about, we're about to do our second donation and I think once we do this donation, it'll be about $10,000 we've donated since opening. So yeah, it's been... And we haven't even been open for a year, so it's exciting to see how that project can grow. Like we really hope to be donating a lot more. Every donation, we want to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. That's a really cool project you guys are running. Um, what the the waste management thing in Bali? Um, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a problem here. Like you can go to the beach and you'll see, you know, waste coming through in the ocean on the sand. Um, so yeah, I've seen it. Uh, we've only been at the beach a couple of times, but opening a cafe, having a cafe, are there things you can do in the cafe here that I suppose help that yeah i mean there's a lots of alternatives coming through now um so as you would have seen this morning we don't use any plastic straws because they're just like the worst thing in the world um we use brass reusable straws so you know they say 
one plastic straw is going to outlive all of us. So we've eliminated all of those from all of our businesses. Um, we eliminate a lot of plastic where possible. Unfortunately, yeah. we're not 100% plastic free. Um, it is challenging um, to operate with out using the smallest part yeah but we definitely do our very best where possible to to separate our waste and to also yeah minimize plastic yeah possible. all of the packaging we use paper bags paper boxes um wooden cutlery yeah yep. try and do the best we can but we're not perfect yeah no one is it's cool to see that i did notice that uh when we were in the in the cafe earlier all the straws you know a brass yeah. they're pretty cool the brass yeah. straws i'm seeing them a lot in bali yeah 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 um I, the awareness seems to be front of mind yeah. here whether mm-hmm. it's a, a business that is just from my quick three days here whether yeah. it's a you know a overseas owned business or a locally owned business i have seen a lot of places that say like plastic is yuck no yeah. No plastic bags here, or uh, bring your own bag. Yeah, I think at the local supermarket it said something like that at the at the checkout, and we um, we had a backpack, but we had to buy an extra one because we had too much food. Yeah. So um, yeah, it seems to be more front of mind, which is really cool. Um, Definitely. But yeah, the challenges must be yeah, it must be tough with the I suppose the, the is it the plants here aren't as um, you know. The, the processing plants aren't as big here or they just available. don't have the or recycling yeah. systems as we do and they're just they're not educated like you know we're taught at school like don't throw your rubbish on the ground it goes into the drains we've and got the clean drains up australia on. day we've got all these initiatives to show us that you here you'll see people in front of you on a bike and they just toss a plastic bag full of rubbish like mm. just but with no they just don't understand, like, they just think that it magically disappears and, like, yeah. oh, you know, they're burning rubbish, they're burning their plastics and it's it's the awareness and education is starting to spread and it's great. I mean, I think the whole consciousness of the planet is starting to awaken and definitely it's noticeable here in Bali, like, there's a lot more conscious communities and... People just leading by example. Yeah, yeah, cafes, you know, there's lots of vegan cafes here, which is amazing. And We've all got to yeah. start somewhere, right? Yeah. So definitely, yeah, not letting the, you know, the current existence be the barrier. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know if, the, if there is a problem here, it sounds like there are people in the community that are going about fixing it, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. I want to get into what's next. What's, what's on the horizon for you guys? It sounds like you've already accomplished just a lot of a lot of stuff in just such a short period of time you're booming with your businesses the non-profit one is you know that's an amazing an amazing initiative by your dad yeah very cool (laughs) very cool that he's he's also involved um yeah what what is next for you guys um we've taken the first few months of this year off just to chill out and kind of regather ourselves and regroup for the next chapter I guess um so at the moment we're just about to sign a publishing deal this is a really exciting this is thing really to fresh this is only yesterday, yeah, yesterday. You agreed to this. oh cool good timing um, so you guys are the first <laughs> to know about this um we have a lot of people coming in and loving Lauren's cooking and wanting to know how they can recreate it back home so we've got a publishing deal we're going to be launching a cookbook towards um it'll be coming out just before Christmas at the end of this year um and then continuing to just build the brand and expand our locations in Bali and potentially worldwide and then worldwide we're gonna go we're gonna go worldwide hopefully yeah. um, I can see it happening without it without a doubt do you want, it's interesting 
because you've made such a popular place, um, it's seen around the globe. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you've seen on Instagram <laughs> around the globe? Briefly. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of pink walls popping up that weren't there before pink in cafes. Pink walls with leaves. Pink walls <laughs> with leaves and a paradise quote. Um, but we, we kind of get annoyed at it. And, but then we just realise... Let's swallow our ego and... Imitation w- is the best form of flattery. Yeah, it's, it's the best form of... It's damn annoying when you first discover it, but then you move on. And, I mean, I always use the example of Louis Vuitton doesn't get upset of people ripping off his handbags. He's moving on to the next best thing. And so we're kind of trying to use that as motivation. Okay, cool, you can have the pink ball. You can have the smoothie balls, whatever. We're going to do the next coolest thing and we just really keeps us on our toes yeah it keeps us on our toes to keep evolving and moving forward because i think that's yeah important in business don't get to be successful and go okay cool now we're we can sit back and put our hands up it's like no it's a constant evolution you know keeping up with trends doing something new getting something on the menu to get people back in and that might yeah. be the next coffee table book is all of the kinds pink walls getting around we've, <laughs> we've thought about it but <laughs> yeah and we just wish people all the best you know kill them with kindness we could either sit there and let it eat ourselves up and and take away from what we're meant to be focusing on which is the next best thing so instead we're just like okay cool it's annoying but whatever kill them with kindness wish them all the best and move on to the next um and abundance is key um yeah we just want to kill them with kindness i guess (laughs) yeah i I like the approach it's cool i could see it being slightly frustrating to begin with you know you put a lot of work into yeah it's our uh, baby exactly every day we're putting love into it so to see it just easily imitated i can see that being frustrating but but more power to you for you know letting that go yeah. and, and continuing forward. We also think like it doesn't matter if people com- replicated our exact same menu or replicated the exact same look of kinds. Like it is not kind and it won't be kind. Like I think a big part of it is mine and Corinne's love and passion for it and, you know, our staff and our food and the soul of the place. There is a lot more behind the scenes of what goes on at kind. Than, like a pink wall. than a pink wall and, <laughs> and yeah. letters in smoothie bowls. But yeah, so... Definitely. That's Definitely. it, yeah. And you can see it, you can feel it when you walk in. So I haven't gone to any other places that are similar, uh, you know, around this area, but, you know, maybe we'll try one out. And there, there we'll is let, a lot here. We'll yeah. let you, you know what the vibe is like <laughs> at, at those places. How can we, or when can we expect the book to be available and what forms do you think it'll, it'll be available to us? Um, we're hoping to launch just before Christmas, so start of December this year. It's a long process um, to get it all printed and shot and um, shipped off. So it'll be available in hard copy from our website, um, also available as a downloadable ebook, and then available in the cafes. So if you're in Bali, you could pick up a copy there. Sweet. Yeah. That's cool. We'll definitely be grabbing a coffee. Copy, I think I'll... Coffee and copy? Yeah. <laughs> And I'll probably get one to... Mum's getting really into cooking, so yeah. she... Perfect we, Christmas present. Yeah, definitely. We, um, <laughs> yeah, we got her uh, her first plant-based cookbook uh, cool. when we were in Melbourne and she's already, you know, <laughs> digging into the recipe. So it's, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah, <laughs> Mum will need yours for sure. Is there anything else before we, before we go that you'd like to, to tell us about, talk about, um, yeah, before we wrap things up? Um, 
I mean, yeah, like veganism, as we said, it's it it can it will change your life, and like it can be quite scary initially. There's probably a lot of people that are thinking they want to go vegan or they've had thoughts about doing it. But my advice is is just do the research and try and just try it give it a go like make the connection like it's changed my life on so many different levels and it's one of the best things I've ever done and if I could only share with you the how it's made me feel and like how it's impacted my life like it was a real step in my spiritual journey like it really made me so much conscious of like so much more conscious of like energy and like the energy I'm putting into my body and like it is like food is energy you know and like if you're putting things into your body that have that are filled with so much fear and you know stress and sadness and if we're putting that into our body and expecting to be waking up feeling great every morning there's there's a bit of a disconnect there and like yeah if you're if if it's something that you've thought about I highly recommend just doing some more research and there are amazing people recipes restaurants restaurants there's so many people doing great things for the vegan community and yeah i highly recommend um giving it a go (laughs) hell yeah i couldn't have said it better myself um yeah i think the feeling of veganism is one thing that often goes uh i suppose we we speak about it a little less um Mm. it's it's you know normally statistics or uh sharing documentaries, yeah. sharing books, which are all seriously helpful pieces of information. Um, but yeah, there's some, I've spoken about it with a couple of guests, mm-hmm. the calmness mm-hmm. of ingesting foods that don't carry the energy mm-hmm. of, you know, stress, anxiety, sadness, cruelty. Yeah. Uh, I think it does make a difference in, in our lives. Completely. So yeah, couldn't agree with you anymore there, lol. All right, guys, where can we find you? Where's, you know, the, the best places to find you online and uh, here in Bali? Um, our cafe is located in Seminyak, um, kind of right near Potato Head W Hotel there. Um, give us a follow on Instagram, at Kind Community, kind with a Y, not an I. Or Give Cafe. Give Cafe, um, that's the Instagram handle for there. Um, and then our website, www.kindcommunity.com, is where you'll be able to buy the book when it finally comes out. And if you're ever in Bali, um, drop your name. We'd love to sit down and have a coffee and talk life and veganism with you. (laughs) Yeah, most days you'll find us there at the cafe. So please don't be shy. Come and say hi. We love to meet and connect with people all over the world. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your your busy schedules (laughs) to to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, It's been a lot of fun meeting you and you know and and seeing the cafe and and hearing your stories and what you're all about so thank you very much thank you so much (laughs) hey guys we find ourselves at the end of yet another chat so what did you think what did you learn and how do you feel personally i really enjoyed it meeting these guys and experiencing the good vibes they share meeting the staff and their smiles and trying the epic food made for an awesome day. I certainly have some takeaways as well. Continuing to see that inviting people in and welcoming them to sit at the vegan table is such a great thing. In this movement, we do have an immense amount of compassion for animals and see the shit that they go through. And then we make the best choices with our food. However, we were not always there and remembering that is important. 
To see COS flying the vegan flag and helping the movement through the kind community is huge and should be celebrated. She's come a long way herself and you definitely have to celebrate that. Secondly, giving back when you can. It's so important. There are so many beings in this world, human, non-human, who could do with a helping hand. I mean, hell, the earth needs a helping hand too. Since this conversation, we visited their second cafe, Give. The food is bomb. Local Indonesian food made vegan. The people are beautiful and the mission is amazing. A complete not-for-profit and you choose where your donation goes to the people, planet or the animals. Go give these girls a follow. Over at Kind Community, that's Kind with a Y and also Give Cafe on Instagram. If you're in Bali, go and say hello, have a chat and let them know that you listened to the show. So next week, guys, you'll likely be hearing from me in a mini episode where I'll tackle some topics of your choice. Hit me up on Instagram if you can find me at VegTalk, that's V-E-D-G-E-T-A-L-K. And let's continue the discussion on our favorite topics and keep this world becoming more compassionate. Keep it plant-based, guys. We'll talk to you soon.